Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. On Springboard tonight, we begin another journey in our annual Leaders Digest series. We will explore the good society and what it takes to build it. For the next 12 weeks, we'll be hosting some of the finest business leaders, corporate leaders, religious leaders, leaders from various fronts. As we explore three simple issues, is it possible to build a great society? Is it possible to build the good society? And the second question is, is it worth our while to even attempt it? Is it worth our while to even attempt it? And the third question is very simple. If so, how do we begin the journey? What do we do to build the great society that we all seem to desire? Now, we will be looking at this along the lines of seven of the most important pillars of influence in every society. Number one, business. Number two, religion. Number three, education. Number four, leadership. Number Number five, business. Number six, entertainment and arts. And then the media. We'll find out where we've gotten it wrong in some of these areas. And most importantly, how we can reclaim them. If you have thoughts on any of these seven areas, and I'm going to break them down a bit more when I come back from the break. But if you have thoughts on any of these seven areas, send those thoughts to us. What do you think? Where are we going wrong? And how can we get things back on track? How can we build a good society in the area of business, religion, and education, leadership, arts, and entertainment? Very important. How do we reclaim the family? The family was the one I missed out on. The family. And then also the media. These are the seven pillars of influence. How do we build a good society around them? Send your thoughts and your questions by WhatsApp on 024-9999555. If you have thoughts on any of these areas, just send your thoughts or post on my Facebook page. What do you think the issues are in business, religion, education, family, leadership, media and arts and entertainment send your thoughts ahead on facebook or you can send them also by whatsapp zero two four quadruple nine triple five but before that let me ask you a simple question did you miss out on the career transition clinic or the retirement planning clinic earlier on if you missed out that that very popular clinic is being rerun on saturday the 17th of october at the knowledge center from 9 a.m till 1 p.m experts and consultants will once again open up the three areas and provide private coaching for all participants and the three main areas are create how to create a personal pension fund supported by empirical calculations that will show you how much you will make both for yourself and very importantly for your children the second topic is how to manage your health and there were very very helpful tips for on the areas of obesity and lifestyle diseases plus personal guidance for some of the individuals that required special care and reference referencing was also done and you will find it very helpful 
in in the quiet comfort of a makeshift consulting room the third one was how to create multiple streams of income if you are planning to attend the retirement planning clinic or what we call the career transition clinic the number to call 0544 three one five one six four zero five four four three one five one six four for additional information and then very importantly also how to register zero five four four three one five one six four or call the zero the hotline zero two four nine 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 five 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 let me roll by you our commitments for the year 2015 and we'll settle down to that big subject of building the good society. And so our commitments for the year 2015 are five. The first is to read a good book a month. And the book we are promoting today, the book we are recommending is The Richest Man in Babylon. The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. So that's a book I would like to recommend that you get and read The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. That's the first book that we recommend. The second commitment that we made is to attend personal development interventions. And we want to ask you to look out for interventions that can add value to your life and help you become a better person. The third is to sign up to the SMS Academy. This October, we continue with our Encyclopedia of Thought. And if you've been following us so far, you probably have garnered 65 new words and very importantly, motivational and inspirational thoughts around those words. That's as you build your life to become a better person and a better leader. Today, our focus was on dependability. And it simply is this. You must be associated with such high levels of reliability and trust that people will literally go to bed when you are in charge. When you are in charge of something, people must be so sure that you deliver such quality that they can literally go to bed and know that you are in full control. And that is your tip for today. And if you want to sign up to the SMS Academy, it is very simple. Send the word Springboard to the short code 1984 if you are on MTN or Etel or 1985 if you are on Tigo or Vodafone. Right. The, the fourth commitment is to prepare a 20-year personal development and investment plan. And the fifth is to deliberately build social equity. Deliberately connect to friendships that can help you reach your goals in life. Let me pause and pay some respects to our sponsors. And when I come back, we're going to raise the subject of the good society and raise some big leaders in the land to help us understand how we can navigate our way from where we are very importantly to where we want to be echo bank is the pan-african bank and the bank is committed to providing world-class banking services to our cherished customers we have we have about 200 atms across the country from which customers can withdraw cash for free with an echo bank debit card use your echo bank visa debit card on any of our atms across the country and enjoy the ease of banking with the following services balance inquiry cash withdrawal of up to five thousand ghana cities account to account transfer checkbook requisition and mini statement using the atm saves time and it takes less than five minutes to obtain these services why join the queue when you can experience the convenience of banking at our atms visit any of our branches between the 1st of october 2015 and the 12th of november 2015 for a free instant visa debit card enjoy speed and convenience in banking with our EcoBank Visa Debit Card. EcoBank is the Pan-African Bank. Springboard Investment Club wants to 
give you three reasons why you must sign up to the springboard investment club the first if you are planning to raise a million in net worth the club will help you start with as little as 10 ghana cities and little by little build your way to your target the second is that you can get investment coaching from the club and the third is the omega advantage because the fund manager offers top range investment services including fixed income investment private equity real estate mutual funds pension fund management and a lot more the number to call zero five four nine nine three seven three 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 or zero two six three seven nine three two five two the springboard investment club is the road to your first million let me go for this break when i come back let's find out is it possible to build a good society is it a mirage or we can navigate ourselves from where we are to a better place in the areas business religion education leadership the family entertainment and arts and very importantly the media are we getting it right or can we navigate our way from here to where we want to be tonight we begin a journey of building a good society and this journey will take us all the way through to the month of december we are asking ourselves in the areas of business religion education leadership family media and the arts and entertainment are we where we want to be and if not what can we do very importantly what can we do to get to the place where we want to be my guest my guest tonight, the first guest I have on the phone is Yofi Grant, and he's the, the, the director at Grand Dupuy. Yofi Grant is an investment banker and has wide experience in different areas of management. I want to get his perspectives on some of these seven areas, where he thinks we are, and very importantly, how we can get to where we want to be. Yofi, um, good evening. Good evening, Albert. How are you? Very well. And you? I'm good, I'm good by God's grace. Right, right, right. I hope the Sunday has gone well. Yes, it has. Indeed, it has. Right. So today we are giving an overview of this very important discussion. And is 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 it a discussion worth having in the first place? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the the whole concept of the good society... um, um, Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you very clearly, Yofi. Go ahead. The the, the whole concept of the good society... um, and we can go back to uh, some of the Western philosophers like John Locke, who sort of defined the, the good society as one in which um, there was some individualism, a long and abiding allegiance to individualism, uh, but where the individual was left free to pursue their private satisfaction of others. Um, you know, which emphasized individual achievement and self-fulfillment. But over the years, I mean, we've seen that that has changed significantly, where the good society is one in which um, the society as a whole uh, facilitates and rewards um, the, the aspirations of the society and the community at large. Let me summarize what you've said so far. You've talked about the fact that the concept of the good society, dating back to Western philosophers, was around the, the idea of individualism, but we have moved on to a new definition where we look at a societal gain as the bigger picture. Is that where we are? Absolutely. 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 You are, you are spot on that. But are we... I, I spoke are, about John Locke, um, John Locke's teachings, which probably is, is the basis of all, um, all thinking on the good society. And then went from there to what um, he, he, proposed, he proposed as um, the, the, the concept of where we all agree that this is where we're going to go, the social contract. 
let me ask you do you feel that do you feel that there's a collective interest in building a good society is this, is this something that you feel that as a people especially in the Ghanaian context that we we are aspiring towards it desirous of it pursuing it uh, it is, I think naturally, um, people all aspire to virtually the same thing, but in varying degrees. Um, people want to be educated, people want the freedom to do the things that they want to do without causing harm to anybody. Um, they want good health, they want good food, they, uh, they, they want our kids to have good education, they want to have a social system that is free and fair and enables us to also achieve our biggest aspirations of happiness. Uh, and I, I think that that Committedly, should um, you know be a good society, um, but it's just not that. It's also a society which in itself is self-propelling towards development. Where development is not about infrastructures and roads and houses, but the idea that people want to keep progressing and getting things better day by day. Let so, me. before you have to walk, now you can take a taxi. So that's in treatment. Then there's when you own a car. Um, so all those things are things that are progressively making your life better. Let me let me zero in on our seven pillars that we have identified. In our quest to build a society, we have identified seven pillars. We think these are the seven most critical um, influences, pillars of influence. They call them the seven mountains of influence. And globally, right. these seven have been identified as some of the most influential pillars in every society. And in our research, we are finding out that in all these seven areas, there are significant causes for concern. And in this, in this series, we want to have a no-holds-barred discussion that, that will really look at what, what we are doing wrong and how we can get it back on track. And so we are looking for very bold prescriptions and very importantly very very honest analysis of what the issues are so let me let me throw them at you again and tell me which of these areas do you fancy so you're looking at business religion you're looking at education leadership the family the media and then arts and entertainment which would be your first choice <laughs> i i think leadership and government leadership will be your because first choice followed by leadership will be my followed by family Right. Um, and then the third? The third is a bit difficult because it could range between religion and education. I mean, I, I, I put religion and education almost at par. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so those would be my top three. Now, why are those my top three? I think that the recent consensus on the good society is one in which you seek common purpose uh, and you have a public spirit that is, I mean, important to have institutions which makes sure that our society thrives. So the societal um, goals um, are determined and guided by institutions, um, institutions that enable us to do. So when you have strong institutions, then, you know, a strong institution that facilitates a common purpose and goal, then you are getting closer to a good society. And most of that is facilitated through good leadership. If right. you have a leader that understands the reason why he's a leader and therefore would come and fulfill the aspirations of the people he or she leads, um, then, in my view, you are getting closer and closer to a good society. But if you get a leader that deviates from what the people desire and require, then you are moving away from the good society. Now, the common unit of society today is a family. 
it has been for long and continues to be. Yofi, let, so let, let me stick. Let me stick with. Lead, let's take them one by one. Let me. Sorry? Hello, Yofi. Let's start with let's let's take them one by one. You've identified the top three. Okay. Let's let, let's start with leadership, because for me yeah. that that is very important. And so, let's look at the the concept of leadership. And one of the tests right. of how well a society understands something is how well it is passed on from generation to generation. The 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 uh, uh, they say that when you watch even the kind of adverts that we show on our, our media our television they are a reflection of the societal thinking about a subject and what is being passed on from one generation to another and so let me tell you about a discussion that i had with a student leader in a part of this country a couple of years mm-hmm. ago and i was talking to a university student leader who told me that and it was on one of our springboard roadshow tours and he said to me that his career plan and let me give you the context he said reverend what you are telling us about developing yourself preparing a cv um writing a business plan growing your life step by step is great but my career plan is very simple right now i mean in student politics and i I have an influential position and hopefully if i play my cards well in a couple of years i will get to use his words i'll get deputy minister and i'll get four-wheel drive and that was his concept of leadership and he actually was honest enough to tell me that that is his career plan so here is my question if the next generation is being influenced by thoughts like this have we modeled leadership well enough to them absolutely not absolutely not i mean what the chef was telling you has absolutely nothing to do with leadership he's describing me private uh, aspirations guided by materialism and for him that is leadership it is not it is definitely not leadership is is having a position where you can actually transformationally improve upon people by influencing people to have a certain common goal that all of you can move towards so a good leader can rally people can rally another set of people who can decide that this is where we are all going and then articulate how we are going to get there, and you'll be believed, and the people move. Now, the interesting thing about great leaders is that uh, very often they are contrarian, and they back the trends in society. They just come up and they decide that this is where we are all going. And people say, okay, we follow him. So, in, in our world today, who do we identify as a great leader? And what legacy do we So, we take a Lee Kuan Yew, who was able to take a little, what I'll say, polling station of Singapore, to become a major um, trading post in the world, and today one of the biggest in, you know, even oil and gas. And I mean, we took it out of what it was and made it what it is. Um, so we look at uh, Sheikh Al-Maksum in Dubai, who took a desert, uh, a desert land England, looked at it, had a little bit of oil and says, you know what, we're going to develop this place, rent what it is, into a place where everybody wants to come to. Now, I mean, obviously, I don't think everybody in Singapore or in Dubai has been set as set as a leader set. So you might have leaders who come and come and bring out revolutionary, you know, uh, thinking. But they are visionary. They can actually see what they want to see in the future. In the future. And not everybody can see that. Um, not everybody can see that. And they don't look at it individually. They look at it communally. So like I was saying, that the whole issue of common purpose and public spirit and leading to where you want your society to be and guiding institutions. These leaders come and build great institutions that then wrestle or channel the society for where it is to where it's supposed to be to where it becomes. 
Yo, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me open this up a bit more. So you, you, you keep referring to leadership as positional, and then you also have referred to two examples that are in political leadership. Here's my question: right. Must leadership be positional? And this this young man that I deliberately picked on is in leadership at the university level but the problem has begun there once he gets the definition wrong he's likely to grow with it do we have the right role models in the key areas of our lives well first of all we need to understand what we mean by leadership having a position it doesn't necessarily make you a leader but it being able to be transformational transformational with a vision um, could make you a leader so if you are elected into a position, well, by default, you have a certain position. Um, and you are expected to be a leader. It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be a leader. And, uh, and so some of these chaps like Lee Kuan Yew, Alma, etc., they are not necessarily political leaders. They are transformational leaders who have done it to politics. Mr. Grant, let me find out from you. Let me find out from you. What is the one thing that you admire personally most? about the leaders you will call your favorite leaders what is your one thing that you admire the most that they were able to change the circumstance of the whole society progressively is, is that your main benchmark for measuring that is my main benchmark for measuring leaders because at the end of the day it comes in various ways it can be your school teacher it can be your pastor it can be your father who's a great role model yeah it can be your friend um, you know but they can turn you into improvement it transforms into development. It transforms into development. It moves you from one step that is undesirable or desirable into a better step. And they do it in a way um, that is convenient to you as well. So you follow them. They tell you this is where you should go. And then you, you follow it and go. But being appointed a lesson and put there, and you not be able to do anything about people's position or transformation, then you necessarily invite this, make your leader. Yofi, let me let me leave off on one point, and I'm sure we'll, we'll engage again on this. But let me let me let me let me stick with leadership on this last one point, and then we probably will will we'll pick up this issue again as we go on in this series. But if I localize this discussion to the Ghanaian context and ask you, do you have any prescription in your mind about how we can get things back on track again as far as leadership in Ghana is concerned? What will be what, what will it be? It's a very tough question. I, I think that getting the institutions right and, and, and institutions to actually perform their mandated roles correctly and independently of any influence, but on, uh, the influence of societal good is, is a possibility. And I, I think it can be done. But of course, in terms strong leadership, we can say, look, you guys do this, and this is what we change that. And, and we can ask you where the entry that is. And it doesn't favor one group against the other. It favors all of us. Then I know that, wow, that's a great leader for us. Uh, if, if I see, uh, and, I, and I think it's very possible in our circumstances. And if you see it in many different of life, uh, we don't have to be politicians. You see people who are trying to improve their lot, and are trying to improve a lot of others. In very interesting, simple, but nice ways, they go to places, they use their education, they use their intellect, they use their education skills, and move people from one place to the other. And, right. I, and I think that's very important for us. And the, 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 the more critical thing is, how do we harness all these things and use it for our communal and societal good? 
and and you let, let's hold that question because that is a question that we'll be we'll be exploring throughout the series before you go let me ask you who who is your personal role model wow my personal role model is a very tough one i have several 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 role models in different aspects of my life um uh, I've always tried to ask myself, who would be the one role model that I want? Um, Jesus was one role model. Um, he came out of nothing, and, and yet, um, how many years after, he, he still has managed to get a good following who are all trying to be good people. Who are all trying to be good people. That, for me, is a major role model. Right. Mr. Yofi Grant, thank you very much for making time to be with us on, on Leaders Digest. We'll pick your thoughts again as we go along in this series. Thank you. You're most welcome. Right. Have a wonderful Thank evening. Right. So, just the subject of, of leadership alone, a bit of the thoughts of Yofi Grant of Grand Dupuy trying to bring us his thoughts on the good society. And he just, just to sum up a few of the thoughts that he shared, he, he mentioned John Locke and other thinkers who highlighted individualism as the main thrust of leadership and he said that kind of thinking has moved on and now we look at the collective good he also talked about the social contract and he said people around the world all aspire to the same thing but with varying degrees so we all want good education for our children we want good health safety in our communities and we desire to continually progress and to get better every day at what we do he said out of the seven mountains of influence or seven pillars the three that caught his attention were leadership and governance family and then also religion we were able to explore only the the tip of the iceberg as far as the first one is concerned but i asked him a very important question about okay so what will be the one good measure of great leadership and it was very simple progressive transformation of society he said whatever type of leader you are in whatever field that you are in you must progressively transform our society and then on the Ghanaian situation, prescriptions were two. Get the institutions to work independently for societal good and get strong leaders who can paint a picture of a great future and push us all along that path, no matter what side of the divide we belong to. That is, if there is a divide at all. So those are the thoughts of Yofi Grant. And he ended with this one role model, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. But this summit has been flying on, on Facebook for the past, over throughout the weekend. And... Um, let me share some of the thoughts that have been um, shared on Facebook about whether we should even bother at all to try and build a good society. Judith Zomelokoti starts the discussion and says, we the people, uh, I believe it's we the people of Ghana, and I'm not happy with what you have become in private and in public, individually and corporately. I think she's talking about the fact that looking at the society, you cannot afford, you, can, you, you cannot be happy with where we are. She says our standards have dropped in many spheres of life, from government to education to finances to standard of living. We cannot not change. We have to change intentionally by redefining what is acceptable as a people. Maxwell Ajay Chung says, do we like what we have become as a people? Heck no. It is it, it is appalling to have a nation with so much potential and a nation that was a mentor to several others and looking at how you are currently looking at. The question is, how did we get here? Right. Um, Mansake writing says, what really is the good society? I recall David Cameron struggling to articulate what it meant. Well, man, so we've started this, the discussion already trying to distill what the good society is. And I hope that by the time we are through, 
we can get a sense of really what the good society is and how we can lift it to the next level. This is Springboard, your virtual university, as we navigate our way through what is called the good society. Can we, should we, and what would it take? Can we dare, should we think about it? Have we given up on the good society? If we haven't, what would it take? Janet Wintum, writing all the way from Pennsylvania, says the most important part of the dialogue is what must we do to build the good society. And as much as it is important to discuss where we are as a society and how we got here, if that is all we do, then it is just like complaining. We must look at what we have to do. And that is the, those are the thoughts of Janet writing from Pennsylvania. And, and it's like exactly what you are trying to do this evening because I have, in, I have on, on the line Mr. Kojo Ohenichi, who is the CEO of IFS Financial Services Group. He's a regular panelist here on Springboard. And Kojo will help us understand where we are as a society and maybe share some thoughts with us about how we can navigate our way in our quest to build the good society. Well, I lost Kujo on the line, please. Uh, Hello. Ah, there you are. Hello, good evening, Kujo. Good evening. Right, let me have a technical issue sorted out and, and, and then I'll get you back on there. Just hold on for a second. And if you can hear me, Kujo, we are talking about business, religion, education. Let me just sort out this beeping sound. All right, so we are talking about business, religion, education, leadership, family, media, and then the arts and entertainment in our quest to build the good society. Hello, Kujo. Hello. Right, can you hear me? Yes, clearly. Fantastic. So the seven areas we are looking at are business and religion, business, religion, education, leadership, family, media, and arts and entertainment. Let me just run them by you. Which one of them hits you immediately and catches your attention? Well, to be honest, uh, leadership and governance. Right. Uh, family and business. Right. So let me let me let me take you to okay. So let me we've done a bit on leadership and governance already. So let me ballot yeah. between family and business. Which one which one would you like us to, to speak to? Well, I I I I'd like to speak about family. Really? Yes. And I wanted to take you out of business. Let's do a bit of family. All right. So <laughs> so let me find okay. out from you. Let me start from business and migrating to family. Okay. I, in our discussion, in, in our research for the, the past three months building up to this series, one of the things that came up was the sense of exasperation um, from parents who felt they didn't know their children. Yeah. And they felt that the fast-paced business world, leaving for work at, at 5.30 a.m., and sometimes getting home at 9 p.m. You don't get to do your home, the homework with the children. You don't get to see um, what, what they are watching on television. And sometimes you literally can't spend enough time with the family. And, and we, we, we grow apart, even though we don't want it to be that way. Is it a real concern? And, and, and do you have an, an experience in this? Yeah, thank you very much, Albert. I, I think this is this is a real concern. Uh, the emotional deprivation of children today is perhaps the biggest uh, problem of our society. For me, the, the the biggest responsibility of any parent, any human being, is the responsibility of building the next generation. Actually, building a better future 
for the next generation. And this cannot be sacrificed on the altar of economic pursuits. Many children are where they are because they've been emotionally deprived. Let me ask you, if your if your job requires you, let's say you live on the outskirts of the city, as has become the case for many corporate executives today, you work in a fast-paced company like IFS Financial Services Group, your job requires you to to work literally the whole day. I mean, do you have any idea what, what it will take to keep pace with your responsibilities as a parent? And when you say um, it can't be abdicated or it cannot be denied in favor of economic gain, what can a parent do in circumstances like this? Well, I think in our lives, we have to make uh, sacrifices. So right. it's, it depends on what you really value. I, I don't think I want to get to the point where I'm so successful in, in business and financially successful and I have children I don't even know. So if that means that I have to cut back on on work a little bit or stretch um, a little more than I do, uh, I would do that. Maybe get home early to... and But carry work home as well. So have an interaction, quality time with kids for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and perhaps spend another 45 minutes or an hour or two catching up with, with work. Because after all, there is only a crucial part of the child's life where this is needed. And so you can spend about four or five years doing that and you build that bond with your child. Let me find out, are, are the same pressures translated in terms of pressure on marriages as well? It is. It is, uh, and 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 sometimes I think that it is perhaps the right thing to do for one partner to take or cut back on responsibility, maybe sacrifice his or her ambition. It doesn't always have to be the woman. A man can sacrifice a bit of his ambition as well, uh, so that the family and the children can be protected. Well, Kofi, that's a very sensitive point. Um, um, could you, sorry, that's a very sensitive point that you raise, and and I would like to take you on a bit more on that. You're, you're suggesting that um, for it to work, it should be possible for one partner to sacrifice a bit of the ambition. Does it mean resigning from their jobs? Well, sometimes people don't need to resign from their jobs, but you may let go a more demanding role. Uh, to be able to take that because you know there are people who are doing so well taking care of their kids and suddenly they they take on a very demanding role and therefore they no longer have time so you may not have to resign but you may have to curtail uh, some of your ambitions uh, uh, for, for for the kids during that period so if I understand you all, so far what you've been telling us is that building a better future, a strong family unit and a better future for the next generation cannot be compromised um, on the altar of, of economic pursuits. You've also been saying that in trying to make things happen, um, a parent can cut back a bit on work. And you've also suggested that you can sometimes carry work home and then interact briefly with a child and then continue work into the evening if need be. You've also mentioned that one partner can sacrifice a bit of the ambition in favor of building a stronger family unit and that doesn't always have to be the man. I can just imagine the, the, the man stepping back a bit from work and making it happen for the family while the woman pursues 
her career ambitions. I know a couple of them like that, very, very amazing role models. But if you know a success story like that and you are listening to us, you can send it to us by WhatsApp 024 But I have on the line Kojo Ohenichi, who's the CEO of IFS Financial Services, sharing some thoughts with us on the family. He chose the family over business, and I must say, I'm very impressed. Um, Kojo, let me tackle your own pers- let me cross over to your own personal life and find out yeah. how important was a strong family in your own development it, it, it was because um, you know sometimes I, I I recall the role that someone like my mother my mother was not very educated but she was interested in encouraging me uh, to study uh, have you picked your books have you done your homework and so I, and and and, and that really helped. The fact that I knew that it was important to her really did a lot. I saw her sacrifice for me as well. I saw her uh, sometimes sell off some of her assets to be able to get me the books and the resources that I needed. And so that really was, 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 was a big encouragement. Could you, can I make a confession to you? I, I, I saw last month on Facebook pictures of you on holiday with your family i must say i was very impressed for somebody as busy as <laughs> you, you to find much. that much time <laughs> when he came back was the work still intact <laughs> it was incidentally it was, it was it was intact let me also add that even at the national level a lot of our policy you know we drive economic policies to uh, ensure the well-being of of our families and of our people but it doesn't, you see, the biggest problem of children today is not really poverty. Some, yes, some people have, some children are facing uh, the issues of poverty, but I think that's, that's an issue as well for us as a, as a society um, to pick up and support them. So the, 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 at the national level, we should see the nation as one big family that supports people who are disadvantaged and so if there are children somewhere who cannot pay their school fees children who don't have the emotional support because they are poor parents there has to be a social setup that ensures that you know these members of our family are taken care of because after all if you don't it becomes a bigger problem for the wider society Thank you very much, Kojo Ahinichi. But before you go, we, we are putting together um, the second session in our, our career transition clinic. And I can tell you something that we found out in our research after the first one. When we put the first one out, there was some initial hesitation on behalf of participants because we called it a retirement planning clinic. And many people were very uncomfortable with the word retirement, even for people who were in the... At age 50, they still didn't want to hear the word retirement. The moment we changed, they made it career transition clinic. The first one was packed. The second one is already almost oversubscribed. But let me find out from you, how important is, is this kind of preparation? Helping people in the areas of retirement planning, helping them with how to create new sources of income, and then also on how to manage their health. How important is it to prepare people for the future? It is, it, it is, it is very important. Um, we've, we've, I think in my view, there are too many people who have retired prematurely 
they are 60 and so they are retired. And, but no, they, they are strong enough to work for another 20 years. I don't really see myself retiring. Uh, if God gives me life, I can go on for the next 20 years. And so my thought process is really about career transitions. And, and, and for each one of us, it is important that we build that structure in our lives. Um, go through career transition, plan uh, for, for, for ultimate retirement. I mean, maybe when you are 80 or 85 or something. So I think it, 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 is, it is very important that people plan their finances, plan how they want to live. And, and, and I think that it would be a, a great thing for, you know, people, even, even if you are 60, it is. It is. It will be a good thing to attend. Final question: Ten years from now, will, will you still be holding your current position? No. <laughs> <laughs> I really. <laughs> you didn't see that coming. Doing something else. You want to be doing something, and that is why you need. In the next couple of years. That is why you need oh. career transition to, to think about the next thing you want to do and how to do it. Could you enjoy your evening? And thanks so much for joining us on Springboard at Virtual University. Thank you very much. Regards to the entire family. Thanks. Man. All right, those are the thoughts of Kojo Ahinichi, the CEO of IFS Financial Services, bringing his thoughts to bear on the subject of the good society. Today, you can call it an overview, but next week, next week, Sunday, we are joined by Lucy Quist, the CEO of Airtel, and very importantly, the marketing woman of the year. She will plant her feet in these seven areas and show us where we are, where we want to go and how to get there and tell somebody to tell somebody don't miss that one and the closing thoughts of Kojo Henichi were that as a nation we probably must develop more family friendly policies just to ensure that we don't leave anyone outside the net and it's something that we want to explore as we go along but just in case you joined us anywhere along the line this whole discussion is about building the good society and reclaiming the seven pillars of influence it's going to run back to back with 10 different leaders and then we'll sum it up and then in between, we'll have lots of other CEOs and leaders from various fields joining us and bringing their thoughts. But we'll have always one leader in the studio dealing with the subject and the key pillars that we want to reclaim are business, religion, education, leadership, family, media, and then arts and entertainment. So we come your way again. My name is Reverend Albert Okan. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 Zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. No more searching, the light, the light has come.